right. Well, hello. This is Demetrius Frazier. As you know, I am the owner of Resist Booksellers, and I'm your host for this next 29 and a half minutes for this episode of the Resist Booksellers podcast, where we try to give you some entertaining, engaging, and insightful material, all within 30 minutes. So we have been on this sprint, six run, six episode run, call it a sprint, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's really just focused on if you are in the market, in the space where you're thinking about opening up a bookstore and you just don't know what to do, don't know what the what the process looks like. Here it is. I am a bookseller and I'm, we are moving up on our second year. I can't believe that. Second year in business. And I'm just here to drop some knowledge, give you some information, give you some insights, give you some questions to ask yourself just to get you through that process of what you want to do if you're trying to open up a bookstore. So the first episode we did was really around getting yourself centered, getting your mind right, getting you ready for opening up the bookstore, and then moving now into, okay, now I I, I think I'm in. I, I, I felt like I gave myself a nice little pep talk, and I'm ready to roll. So now what? Okay, next thing is pretty easy. I mean, it's it's actually very easy in, in, in how the, the tactics and methods work, but it's super important to get this right. Just like the first one, you want to go through, make sure you got all the data you can about what it is that you want to do inside of your city. So most of us know what city we want to operate in, but the, really the thing that you got to know is more about your community that you're serving. So every bookstore Every independent bookstore, especially, is doing their best to serve their community the best way they can to make sure they get the best product, best service, best offering that they can give them. And so in this this particular stage, what you want to do is make sure that you are in a place where you understand exactly what that customer wants. So here it is. I'm operating in Petersburg, Virginia, and I had to do all of these steps. And some of them I'm adding on that I wish I had done at the beginning, but I do know, I know now, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know all these questions at the beginning when I was doing it, but over time you start learning stuff. You're like, man, I wish I knew that sooner. I could have saved myself a little time. Could have maybe not made that mistake, things like that. So here it is. What I want you to do is basically two batches of things. One, I want you to run the demographics on your community. And then two, I want you to run uh, an analysis. We're not at business plan level because this this stage right here actually may make you not even do the business plan. Yes, you said you want to open a bookstore. Yes, you think that you're ready for it. You've run this analysis. The analysis may say, uh-uh, stop what you're doing. This is not the right thing to do in this city based on this community. Or you may say, you know what, it's going to be super tough to do it in this city. So before I develop a business plan for this city to open up a bookstore, maybe I got the wrong city. Maybe I got the wrong place. To do the things that would, I will need to do to make this success, successful may be super difficult. And I ain't about that life. That's, that's fair. That's In this phase here, no one knows that you're making these decisions. So when you say, hey, I don't want to do it because of what I found, no one knows that but you. So unless you go on Instagram and start telling folks, 
hey, I was thinking about opening a bookstore in your city, but y'all don't know how to support business, so I ain't coming. Unless you say that out loud, no one will know. No one will know. So here's what you want to do. You want to run this analysis before you get too far down the road. So here's some, some things, very easy stuff. A lot of it can be done right at your desktop, on your phone, uh, maybe a trip to like a local business association, library, things like that. So here's you want to do when you're running the demographics on the, the community itself. So one, you want to see the population size and growth. Here, what you want to see is, do you have enough people, even if all of them purchased and you're in a hundred person city, maybe that's not going to work. So even if they all come to you once a month for a $25 book, can you keep the lights on, right? Can you afford to pay people for that, that, that lease for that building? You want to see that. And then you also want to project where they're going because over time, just like you're seeing in your personal budget, expenses go up, right? It gets harder and harder. If you see this hockey stick where, hey, it's little by little, but the projections are going higher uh, as far as where they see population growth because major employers are coming in town and maybe um, something new is happening, some, some college is opening up, whatever the answer is. We've seen this before, so what you want to do is you want to know that now. If you see a decline and it's not growth, that's even more concerning. So think about the cities we've seen inside of the U.S., for example, and maybe even other countries. I know we've got some some listeners who are picking this podcast up in other countries. Think about the cities that are in your area that have had or cities that's in your country that have had astronomic growth in the United States. I was, I'm old enough to remember that Charlotte, North Carolina had a big boom. Atlanta, Georgia had a big boom. But now we look at it now, we can see Austin, Texas, uh, Nashville. There's places in Las Vegas. There's other cities around the country that are seeing huge booms in population as the population moves around, corporations relocate, things like that. And so maybe this is something that helps your business. So I'm going to go through a couple more. And just to kind of give you a flavor, you want to see the age of your population. Where, where are the young people? Where are the, the more mature, the senior citizens? All those things matter because guess what? If, you're young, if your population, I'm not saying this is the case, your population is 50% under 18, 18-year-olds don't have a lot of money. So that can get to the spending power, which is also important. And usually they look at that number by median income. Just a few uh, tips here. Your median income is important because what you want to see, the household median income, what you want to see is are they crossing the line for your area to having disposable income? Now, you won't be able to see everybody's income level, but you can kind of guess like, hey, it costs about X to live in this city comfortably. And here's the median income. Is it really close to those same two numbers? So your median income is matching up with the cost? Well, guess what? They don't have a lot of money to buy a bunch of books. Books, in this case, budget-wise, are luxury. Now, that doesn't mean they're not reading. They just may choose to go to the library. A used bookstore may be more appropriate for them because of where the match is. Now, if you see it where 
the median income is way above what it costs, you can also probably project that at some point the housing market will go up a little bit, especially as people upgrade. And maybe you want to factor that in. But you do want to see a little bit of a buffer from the median income in the area to what the cost of living is. That's important. Education level is important. Typically, people who have gained uh, at least a high school diploma, college degree, associate's degree, things like that, graduate degrees, are more likely to value buying books. That's a good thing to look at. Another thing you want to look at is the reading level. So what kind of reading scores are you seeing in the area? This is not 100%. Uh, perfect for you as far as the metric because sometimes people who go to high school in a certain area don't stay in that area. They may go off to college. So it's not perfect. But if you see a strong reading level in your area, especially if it's in not just in your city, but the surrounding counties, that's good because that means they value reading. They're good at it. Comprehension levels are high and therefore they may be more inclined to buy books. You want to see the gender breakdown. Now, at at risk of messing myself up and jumping into a gender identity issue, I'm going to say this. The stats say that men don't read as well. Males uh, don't read as much as other genders. Let me leave it at that. So if you're a heavily male-dominated population, that, that can factor in. It doesn't make it where you won't succeed. It just makes it important to look at. Another one that's kind of sneaky is mobility. And by mobility, what I mean is can are, are people in this place where they can move around? Is there a high uh, ability to move to the shopping districts when they come from home? So is there a bus system, a train system? Do they have a high car ownership rates? All those matters, not to say, because that's not, that's not really into the income particularly. It's just really about can they get around to the place that they need to go for shopping, things like that. Two other things that's a little harder to get at. You might have to get at more of this in a qualitative uh, matter. But what are the attitudes towards reading in your area? Do they see reading as important? How can you tell that? You'll see a lot of reading initiatives. You'll see the school board in the city doing things like Read Across America or dads reading in school. If you see those particular events either done frequently or done in a large way, so they don't have just five people at the you know reading with dad events, they're filled to the brim, right? You can watch the news and see some of those things. The other thing that you can see as far as attitudes towards reading is what are the businesses and the local government doing around reading? How can you see that? So businesses will, you know, remember way back in the day, I'm showing my age here a little bit. Pizza Hut used to have the the pizza rewards program. Some of the local businesses now are doing something similar maybe not on a national scale, but in your area. So are they doing pizza parties for people who read? Is Chick-fil-A holding events inside of the city, city schools, things like that? You want to see activity. Is there a book festival 
in the area. You want to see stuff like that. And I'll get more into like the business landscape and the stuff like that. But you want to see activity around reading and books. Do they have, um, you know, like uh, book giveaways or book swaps? It's community groups and local organizations. Are there little free libraries around? And they're stocked and shelled. Things like that are really important to say, yes, this is a good fertile ground for me to open up a bookstore. So you want to see stuff like that. So if you get through all of that and you're saying, hey, I'm still good. You got another step to go through. So that's just running the demographics. A lot, Like I said, a lot of that stuff you can just Google on the Internet and, and, and figure out some of that stuff. Some of it's a little hard to get to, but... You know, if you live in the city, it's, it's probably something you may already know. But if I was to jump down and say, look, I've got the demographics. I got my attitude right. I think this is it. You still want to do this last step inside of this phase so that way you can get some good information, too. And so for all my readers out there, let me ask you this, too. Did you know those things? If you're thinking about your city, is this stuff that you can say in your city is happening? And then now think about, do you have a bookstore or multiple bookstores? There's a, there's a big attitude towards reading in Brooklyn, New York, for example. There are tons of bookstores in Brooklyn, New York. Think about uh, your city. Chicago has bookstores. You know, there's a lot of different places. Uh, Los Angeles, a lot of bookstores. Even down in Phoenix and Chandler, Arizona. Change your hand bookstores down there. I love those guys. Um, there's a lot of activity around reading in those areas, and therefore you can see how the population is supporting those types of things. So as we're talking to the to this through this podcast and this run, you may not be one that's going to be a bookstore owner. You don't. That's not really what your thing is. But you can also think, how can I be supportive? And these are some of the things that may indicate whether this bookstore is successful or not. So here's another thing, another bucket I want anyone who's thinking about opening up a bookstore or maybe even trying to be a better supporter of them is think about the business landscape, right? So in the end of the day, at the end of the day, a bookstore is still a business. As much as we love it as that perfect escape, to go in there, drink our lattes, and float away between the stacks of that fresh book-smelling location. Yeah, I float. I wish I had one of those ladders that you can, you know, kind of glide. I don't have one of those. That was a mistake on my part. I should have put a ladder in a bookstore. Don't shoot me. But anyway, you want to think about the business landscape, too. So here's some things that I did in my analysis and some that I wish I, you know, had thought about as well. So one, are there other bookstores or other book vendors in the area? And I want to use the word vendors as opposed to bookstores, because here you can have places that are selling books, but not necessarily are, you know, primarily operating as a bookstore. So one of the things we'll get into in another episode was picking your model of how you want to run your bookstore. Just because you're in a bookstore doesn't mean that has to be the only part of your business. It doesn't even have to be the majority of your business. Uh, I want to use an example for those of you who are familiar or maybe want to look it up. Uncle Bobby's is a bookstore, 
but they're also a coffee shop, right? And so in that case, what they have is they have a lot of different, uh, I'm trying to think how would you put it. So they have a lot of different things that they sell, food-related items. They sell some clothing, and they sell books. They are a bookstore, but they sell other other things. So maybe you have a coffee shop in your area that's also selling books. Maybe you have a, I've seen a plant shop. They're also selling books. I've seen like a lifestyle store where they sell like lotions and soaps and, you know, jewelry, but they also sell books. Think about all of the vendors or the types because you can pick a different model other than just being 100% books. We'll get to that in another episode. So you want to know all of those things when you're coming into the space. Here's a sneaky one that I didn't think about, but I do now. How many libraries are in your area? So think about your city. Is is your city able to support multiple branches of the library? Why is that important? The government does a really good job of saying, hey, this ain't working. We're going to cut it. So let's say your city has three branches of the library, the main one and two satellites. And they decide, hey, people are coming in, checking in. We're running out of books. They'll expand. They'll add another branch here and there. It takes time. It's not going to be like overnight. But at the same time, when they have five branches and two of them aren't circulating well, no one's going in there, no one's using the events, things like that, they will they will shutter them. So if your city has a vibrant library system, that's a good sign. Another thing you want to look at is the, and this is something maybe you can get from your local chamber of commerce, maybe some uh, other agency, is look at the business success rate. How, what's the percentage of small businesses starting and failing? If it's really high and it's really short time window, that may be a good, bad sign. Also think about like, what's the support of businesses in your area? Is the city government helping with local businesses? Those things are super important. That's where the grant money can come from. We'll get to financing later. That's that's also where the city could be using their resources, because they do have some resources within the government, and saying, hey, we want to support our local businesses. And how are we going to do that? Is we're going to spend with them. So is your local school system buying books from the bookstore? And using them as part vendor. Now, here, here's, the, here's the, the interesting part. A school system, a library system, buys books all the time. But they're usually buying it from some, some wholesaler, some, some middleman, right? They're not buying them direct from the publisher in most cases, but they're buying it from someone. That someone, uh, some entity, is helping them make life easy for them. So that entity is saying, hey, look, send us whatever order you want. We'll get whatever books you want, and we'll get it at this super ridiculous rate because you're buying in bulk. That makes sense. I mean, it's not cheating. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's just good business. But what a progressive or a city government that really wants to see their small businesses thrive will do 
is they'll say, hey, I want to see my small business keep this money in my city because they're hiring local talent. Taxes could be, could be used here, and that helps our thriving business community. And so maybe they'll give a portion. Maybe they'll give half. Maybe they'll give all of their book sales to the local bookstore. Is your city doing stuff like that? Um, think about, do you have other entertainment venues? Why would you say, why would that matter? Because guess what happens? Somebody goes out to spend the night on the town. You know, some couple goes out on a date night. They don't always just go to the bar, right? Not everybody is a bar person. They want to see options. There's a reason why a McDonald's can be right across the street from Burger King. Because they see that as the hub to go to when they need some fast food. The same thing happens when you have multiple different types of entertainment venues close together. There's a reason why a restaurant works well next to a club. There's a reason why a coffee shop works well next to a bookstore. There's a relationship there that works out really, really well. Another thing that's super important um, is thinking about where do you see other uh, areas of attraction? So is your potential opportunity for your store in a shopping center or is it near someplace that is an area of attraction? So some of the older towns will have like an old shopping district. It's a walkable where walkable area where every store has its own entrance. It's not in a shopping mall. It's not covered but it's some place where people go and just stroll around. Do you have an area like that? Or do you have an area where there's a strip mall somewhere, somewhere it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more industrial? Or do you have a covered area? Do you have places like that around, around your area, around your city that could be helpful? Here's another sneaky one. Good research here will get you some, get you down the road. What about, are there festivals conferences or concerts coming to your area. I'm not even talking about book festivals. Is there a Greek festival? Is there a folk festival? Are major acts and artists coming to your city and town? All those things bring in tourists. They bring in activity. People are coming in. And guess what? If they come in for a night show, they may stay the night and want to do something else in the morning and it goes back to my earlier point. When they go in the morning, they may go to brunch or breakfast. And if your store or your potential store is close to those areas, it all just makes sense. That's what you want. So you want to do all these pieces of work to figure out if my city, the area I'm looking for, will work out. Now, let's say you do all that. You ask all these questions. One, your brain's going to hurt a little bit because it's a lot of thought. It's a lot of thinking. You can take yourself around in circles. So this is where asking somebody like myself or another bookstore owner could be really helpful. You want to get a partner. Let's say you don't have that, though. Let's say you're just thinking about all this on your own. There's a couple answers you can come up to. One, I got so much information, it could go either way. That's likely. The other one is could be, hex. no, this ain't going to work. I was losing my mind. I just thought I had a great idea. I did the research. It doesn't work. Guess what? Congratulations. If you came to that conclusion after doing all this work, 
after checking your own mindset and you came to the answer that is not going to work prior to actually trying it, congratulations. You save yourself some time, some money, some heartache. And guess what? You can still do this analysis and figure out another location. You don't have to stop there. It just means that you have now figured out what won't work. Figuring out what won't work is just as important as what figuring out what will work. So this is super important here. The last one you can come out to is, hey, this is going to work swimmingly. I am now even more convinced that this is going to work. All three of those options are good. In this particular phase, you're going to have information that helps you build out the business plan. So even though you may be on that 50-50 fence and you're like, I was 100% sure going into this process and now I'm not as sure. Uh, 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 and hon. That's how your brain sounds too, by the way. Uh, 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 when you don't have the answer, it's like you're on the fence. On the fence hurts. It's kind of like you got like a chain link up your butt. Uh, 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 that's what it sounds like. Anyway. Um, so now you got the 50-50, you got the hex year, and you got the hell no. Hell no, you move on, try something different, or try another city. That's cool, no problem. Hex year, move on to the next step. You know, you got a little confidence that you're on the right roll, and you keep moving. The 50-50 spot, though, I'm going to talk about that for a few seconds, and we're going to get on out of here. The 50-50 spot, when you're in the middle of a big decision, and you're 50-50, Here's two things that I would I would suggest you do. One, take a week or two off. Don't think about it. Just leave the business, leave the business analysis, leave the demographics, leave it there for a second. Because there may be some part of you that's having a little bit of hesitancy. Maybe you like I was great until I got into this process, and I'm now I'm not feeling so great. The other thing that could be happening is that you're, you're overanalyzing it. You've gone so deep into the analysis that now you can't tell the difference between a fact and, and your thought, right? It's, it's just too much. Take a break. We don't need you stressed out going into the next pieces of the process because the next ones are even worse as far as stress is concerned. Maybe less information, but now you got to go to the licensing office. You got to write a business plan. You got to try to figure out funding, you know, get the leases signed. All that stuff is just stressful. You don't want to stress out here. You want to be accurate, precise, and you want to be, you want to have clarity here. This is the part you're working on that you got to get right. And it's best if you just take a break. Now don't take too long because how many business plans have we heard that stayed in somebody's drawer because they just forgot about it or moved on. You don't want to do that. So one week or two weeks is is fine. You want to just take a break, take a pause, come back clear. 50-50, I would say, is not a bad place to be. That means you're really passionate about this idea, but you're also thinking critically. 50-50 is not a bad place to be when you're thinking about opening up a bookstore opening up a business, starting a new venture, thinking about a new career, a relationship. 50-50, I know that sounds weird that you be 50-50 about your next mate or your next job, but 50-50 could be a good spot. Just depends on what you do after you reach that point and will you make the decision 
a little bit easier on yourself. So that's it. Easy work, easy to do. I will put a, a checklist on the website. So if you go to the website and, and you check the, the, the episode there, I'll have a little, I have this checklist printed out for you. You don't have to worry about remembering everything or going back to this podcast, rewinding and, and taking notes. I'll have the checklist for you so you can check out some things and maybe even add some more, more questions. Maybe your city has some other characteristics that I have not thought about from my city or from many other cities that I've thought through because Honestly, I could see our business model working in other cities as well. I would just have to do all of this work for that city. Communities are different, and therefore you want to approach them in a different way. So that's it. Episode two, run one, about opening up a bookstore is complete. Check us out on the next episode. Make sure to give us that, that, you know, that review. Hit the subscribe button on wherever your podcasts are. Make sure you go out and share this episode with other folks, especially if you know some people who are looking to open up a bookstore. So that's it. 30 minutes is done, and we'll be ready to kick off the next podcast episode next week. So check us out, and look forward to talking to you and chatting up how to open up a bookstore.